0: the irony here is that I'm titling this episode, giving yourself space to create, but I'm actually recording this intro on a serious time crunch. Cause I'm about to have to go pick up Bryson from pre-K. Anyway, you're going to love this conversation with my friend, Natalie Goucher. Let me give you her bio real quick. Natalie is a social media marketing trainer based out of Los Angeles, California. She uses her expertise in marketing to help others master the new age of communication. And we'll get to the nitty-gritty of her story, which is super interesting and super inspiring. But the bottom line is that she has grown her business to the point where now she can be found all around Los Angeles speaking and teaching, doing webinars for her international clients and hosting her signature program called Market My Vision, which is the step by step course for solopreneurs to learn how to authentically market their businesses and profit using social media. In terms of how we met, I mean... You already know the answer to this is going to be Facebook. I spent a lot of time on Facebook in the summer of 2014 as part of a live summer school launch of a course about copy. And then late one night, I was clicking around and Facebook stalking and admiring Natalie's mogul mom presence around Facebook. And right, I think literally like at the time that I was Facebook stalking her page, I saw that she had joined David Setman Garland's Create Awesome Online Courses Facebook group. And so I jumped in to welcome her to the party. Then she added me as a friend. We set up a Skype date to chat and became biz buddies from there. And fun fact, later she taught me all about Zoom, which is what I used to record all of these conversations for the podcast. So fast forward to now, I still love to follow her her life and her business and Ting Goucher on Facebook. One of my favorite hashtags of hers is hashtag marriage is sexy. They're just amazing. And her whole family, her husband and her daughter, they're just shining examples of living from your purpose and keeping it real and fun along the way. In this conversation, we cover how her daughter inspired her to start her business while working full time and going to school. What she learned in network marketing that helped her 3x her full time income, which was really her natural skill set for social media marketing. How getting a job for a year actually helped her grow her social media training business. The power of giving yourself enough space to create why she hired a one-on-one coach, how taking Fridays off changed the game for her, the power of filling your cup and being versus doing hello, sound familiar? Episode nine, the power of showing up as a leader in your family and your community and how she nurtures her daughter's interests, entrepreneurial and otherwise. I love this story. Enjoy. Hey, Natalie. Thanks for joining me for this recorded oh, yeah. conversation. Actually, now that we're in here and we're troubleshooting our Zoom, I realized that I'm pretty sure my first Zoom experience was with you. You changed the game and I hopped from...
1: Somewhere. Look at that. Look That's at that. Making work. long-lasting impacts.
0: That's right. We're having a full, <laughs> circle, full circle moment. Okay. So to start off the conversation, I would love just to help you know the ones listening to get an idea of your business and your family dynamic. So which came first, your little one or your business? And just tell us more about what is the work that you're doing? What is the empire that you're building?
1: Yeah, so my little one came first. She's nine now, so she's not little anymore. But in, of course, in my head, she's always small. Of course. But what's interesting is that when I was pregnant with her, I got pregnant when I was in college and it was not expected. So there was a lot of transition and just getting used to things and totally changing kind of my mindset. But literally, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I knew. Automatically, that I would want to be able to stay home with her. Mm. So even though she came first and she was born and I didn't find anything right away, she ultimately was the reason why I really truly started a business. So yeah, she's the reason. She's the reason behind it all, really.
0: Yeah, that yeah. actually, well, Bryson didn't come first, but I was thinking that whenever I was in college and I was thinking like, well, one day we have kids. I would love to be able to have that option of being able to work from home. And I think that's a big piece, even though we don't really know what that's going to look like. So, okay. So you had her and then what was the progression from dreaming about it and thinking like, okay, one day I would love to be able to have that flexibility to actually getting to that point.
1: You know what? It's actually interesting how it happens. So my business that I have now, I'm a social media coach and trainer. And I tell people all the time, I didn't just wake up and say, this is, you know, what I want to do. I want to teach people how to use social media. It was actually from another business that kind of moved me into this space. And the funny story is my mother-in-law invited me over to eat. And this is when my daughter probably was, you know, gosh, what, like a few months old. Mm-hmm. And she invited me over for Saturday morning breakfast and she cooks really well. And so I was like, of course I'll come over and eat. And before you know it, there's this lady walking in with a little like travel bag, like a little, you know, the kind you carry onto the plane. Right. You, She rolls his bag in and I'm like, who is this lady coming <laughs> to our breakfast? <laughs> Check this out, Nikki. <laughs> so it turns out that my mother in law invited this woman over to like give me a presentation about this network marketing company. Yes. Would you like a pitch with your pancakes? Would you like a pitch with your pancakes? That is exactly what it was. And to be honest with you, at first I was totally like, I know she did not just like dwindle oh me into this. But the fact of the matter is, like I told you before, I was looking for something to be able to stay home, you know, and by this time I hadn't found anything and I was working and my daughter was young she was in daycare. So that initial like, you know, feeling like what the heck is this then turned to, well, you know what, let me just listen because I haven't found anything anyway. So it doesn't hurt to like sit here and listen. Mm. And by the time she was done you know, it was like this health company where I sold, you know, fitness products and waist trainers. This is before waist trainers was even a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that stuff and like the juices and the berries and all that. And I just remember thinking to myself, well, you know what? I'm working full time right now. Like I'm not doing something that I want to do. Why not? I'm like, all my friends want to lose weight. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) So it was that business that I had to learn how to market through social media. Cause that was kind of big at that time. This was in 2008, 2009 and through, you know, just trial and error and doing things really terribly and doing things, you know, good after that, then I kind of mastered social media and it was in 2010 when I started my company. So it's a really interesting way how that happened.
0: Okay. So you went from the network marketing business and basically that was like your training wheels. Right. You kind of got a taste of like what it would be like to be in control of your income and of your time. At some point, did you leave your job while you were still doing the network marketing before you actually started your own
1: company? I did. So this is, you know, this is before I was married yet to my daughter's father. This is while I was still going to school and I was working full time. I was doing this network marketing company with, you know, the health products. So about six months into that, I was actually able to quit my job and I tripled what I was making at my job, working for myself like two or three days out of the week, which to me is just like amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but not without, of course, being absolutely terrible at marketing first. So I had to kind of go through that funny little phase where I spammed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all have a friend
0: like that. Yeah, that was me in 2008. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Learning what not to do so that then you could tell people from a place well, of empathy. Been, yes. Like, dude, I've been there. I understand the temptation do, not tag, me. do, do not, not tag me. Do not tag me. me. <laughs> do not put me in a message with 50 other people.
1: Just you no, know, just don't do it.
0: <laughs> okay. So when you started your own, did you like wean yourself off of, or did you just kind of like cold turkey be like, okay, cool. This is my specialty. This is what lights me up. And this is what I'm going to pursue. Or how did you transition from starting your
1: own thing? It was interesting because At the point where the light bulb went off, that there was this hunger to learn social media and to learn how to make, you know, the internet work for your business. I was teaching people, literally like people that were on my team, I would have them come over to my house, like my little one bedroom apartment and hook up my laptop to my TV. And I would just go, oh, this is how I did this. This is how I did this. And at this time, I wasn't even thinking that it was like a business. It was just me showing people how to do it. And little by little, every time I did that, there would be more people. And then the company started asking me to train at their corporate events. And then other companies started asking me. It was this progression for like a year that I was doing this kind of unofficially. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I realized like this doesn't come as easy to everyone else as it does for me. And that's when I thought, okay, this is something that I want to do. And truly the health company wasn't ever really my passion. It simply was a means to it. And it was a way that I would be able to leave my job. It was a way that I could provide for myself, you know, still make some money and then stay home with my daughter. And it did exactly what it was supposed to do. So I'm so, so grateful for that.
0: I love what you just said, because that's totally how I, started helping people with writing because I was like, okay, well, communication is my strength. I can help you with this, that, this, that, this. And I would give them the list and they were like, copy, copy, copy. That was the thing. And that's why I ended up starting to go down that road because I was like, wait, what do you mean? This doesn't just come naturally. And whenever I would actually do one-on-one sessions and I'd be in a Google Doc with people and I'd be rearranging and they'd be talking and I'd be writing and kind of restyling things that they already had there, but I would just be like styling mm-hmm. it up and they'd be like, oh, mind blown. And it's just amazing, right? Yeah, and that's a cool feeling to realize. And it's actually really cool to think about. Everyone has something like that. They do. We all have something or multiple things like that where it comes so naturally and we're blinded by the familiar and we underestimate the value of the value that we can bring so and you yeah. have to go through those unexpected experiences the pitch in the pancake to discover yeah. the divine breadcrumbs I always was that person though like I always
1: loved talking I always loved teaching I mean I before that I taught dance classes like I was a tutor I was always in that element and it was just so cool how that opportunity really like opened up the box for me to like do this all the time, you know? Right.
0: Okay. So then what was your childcare situation once you left yeah. the job job and you were doing the networking and, or the network marketing, and then your own, how did you have that set up? Like how, when were you working and how did you make it work and what did that flexibility, you know, that sounds like, Oh yeah, I want to be home all the time. And then you're like, Oh crap, I can't focus because no, <laughs> It's interesting, and my
1: daughter, in many ways, my husband always says we kind of grew up together because I was 20 when I had her, and so I was still trying to figure things out. But during that time, when I left my job, she was with me all the time, so Mm -hmm. literally, I'd be at meetings, she'd be with me, I'd be putting these body garments on people, and she'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) right? You know, like I was doing all this with her, and at one point. I mean, now that I think about it, she's literally always been involved in my business in some way, shape or form, whether she's with me at a meeting or she's like now at nine years old, she's helping me pass out papers. And like, she's like checking people in at my workshops and like giving introductions. Oh, yeah, it. it's it's crazy to see that progression. But during that time, I you know, I had my mother-in-law who helped a lot. I had my family, my mom, my dad, you know, my husband. So we all just kind of worked together to make things happen. But she very often was with me. And I was so blessed that she was such a good baby. So she could sit and like entertain herself. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really have to worry. And this is all while I was going to school as well. So I could only work my business a few days out of the week. And she'd be sitting in a little bouncer right next to you while I'd be on conference calls and whatnot. And she just made it so easy for me. She really, really did. I mean, I know that's not everyone's story, but that was mine. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Well, and always for a reason, we get the little ones that we need and obviously they're like our greatest teachers for sure. Yeah, and absolutely. okay. So the next question is because I know a lot of the stuff that you do is in person. I mean, a lot of the stuff that you do now, was it always that way? I mean, obviously social media is online, but like, how were you working? Were you doing a lot of in-person stuff? Were you doing mostly calls from home? And then the tack onto that question is a lot of people feel like it's unprofessional or I can't schedule this and I can't bring my kid to work with me because blah, blah, blah. And of course my thing is like, well. I mean, if they're going to judge you for that, then they're probably not your dream client that you want to be working with, but how did you manage that? And what kind of gremlins maybe would come up when you're like, Oh my gosh, can I really bring me to this? Or should I really be having this call when she's right here?
1: Yeah. So I have to be honest in saying that there was a period of time where I did things like I was in hustle mode, which all of us understand, you know, I would, literally be like on a conference call. I'd be on a webinar simultaneously. I'd be like trying to cook dinner and I'd be like trying to help her with her homework. And of course this is when she was like around, you know, five years old. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And at one point I went back to work for a year because my business was not doing well. Mm Okay. So there was all of that in this dynamic. And at that time, I have to be honest, I knew I was doing it because I had to, but it didn't feel good doing all of that stuff and thankfully she was young enough where she didn't really remember that part. So, Mm -hmm. but I had to say, okay, like this is too much. Like this is way too much. And again, I'm still grateful for that experience because during that time where I was working full-time and thankfully I was working in an industry that was social media. So I was literally a social media manager and community manager for a fitness company. So it was really cool because it actually fit both of the, the things that I do. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, my social media business, but then I also had experience with fitness and health, which is actually why I got that job. But it's kind of sucked around that time because I was doing so much and I knew that there was a few goals in mind. So my husband and I wanted to purchase our first home. And so I knew that I needed to show a consistent income for a year. So that was one of the things that we thought about. And then just knowing that I was going to use that income that I was making for my job to reinvest back into coaching, into courses, into mentorship. And that's exactly what I did. So I literally was there for a year. I soaked up as much as I could. And I also made the most amount of money. Matter of fact, I made six figures when I was working for someone mm. else. Yeah. So very good point. But I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't do in-person meetings. I literally, I had clients. Some of my biggest clients at that time had no idea that I was even working full-time. Mm. So I'm like in serious hustle mode, still trying to be wife, still trying to be mommy, managing these clients and working full-time. So it was pretty bananas. But I think that that helped me realize boundaries, which was when I get home. Like that's it. I have to be available and I have to cook dinner and I have to like do this and be present. So it showed me
0: what I needed to stop doing essentially. Yeah. Okay. So selfishly, I'm putting a pin and making a note of this conversation about the income thing. Because I think that's a big, for us, we're about to be buying our first home at some point. Mm -hmm. Whenever we go back to Texas, we'll have that conversation. (laughs) But... I'm curious about when you transitioned back was it because you were like okay I'm I'm doing this job for a year and then that's why you ended you know quit the job? Was it just I was over I it. the year? Okay.
1: No, I was so over it. Like it was interesting because during the time that I had to get a job, my husband and I were living with our mother-in-law, which was such a humbling, such a humbling experience for me. Mm-hmm. This is in 2011. So about a year after I started my social media, you know, coaching and training business. And you know, when you start something from scratch, it's not always as easy. Right. And so living with her was, you know, a tough time, but then that's when I had to go get a job. So part of it was, oh, this will just be until my business gets off the ground. But I also had in mind that we were gonna eventually want to buy our own home. So there was a few different factors. But I was actually excited when I started. I, I would get dressed, I would look super cute, I'd be all energetic. And when I tell you by the end of that year, I was going with like the same black pants, my, right. my, so my same like flat shoes, like I made things a shirt, sure, like my hair was in a bun, I was not, I wasn't the same person. I was miserable because at that point I was making more money in my business than I was working full time. And so Mm -hmm. in the back of my head, I'm like, why am I here every day? Right. And my husband was just like, you know what? I think it's time for you to leave. And I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, we can do this. So we had, you know, all the, you know, income saved up for what we wanted to do with our home. You know, my business was doing well. His business was doing well at this time. And so I didn't need it anymore. So I put in my two week and was like, I am out. And I felt good because I knew that I could sustain from that point on, I knew that I could sustain my business without ever having to
0: do that again. Mm. I'm so glad you shared that because that's something that I bet a lot of people deal with, struggle with, or grapple. Like, should I do this? Should I not? You know, as opposed to putting so much pressure on the business to
1: I say do it. I say do it because if I had not done that, I would not have been able to invest in the training that I got. That's what helped me really take my business to another place is you know when I was in the network marketing company, I had mentors galore. There was so many people that I could rely on for support. When I started my own business, it was me. Like okay. I didn't I didn't know any other social media coaches. I didn't know any social media trainers like that was not my industry. Yeah. So For me to be able to get the help that I needed was so freaking important and If I did not have that job to help me pay my bills and have me, you know, at ease with that, I really don't think that I would be where I am right now. Definitely don't think I would. So if you're thinking about it, if anybody's listening, like don't let anybody make you feel bad about going to get a job. And guess what? Nobody even has to know. That's (laughs) Right.
0: If you have an online business, then
1: like I had to learn how to structure my time. Like I you know, had people fill out applications to get on the phone with me and fill out surveys. And so I screened all my calls. I did them at certain times. Like I was very efficient and I mm-hmm. had to learn how to do that. And it worked for me during that time.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that that's a huge piece, what you were saying about being at ease and taking the pressure off. Have you read Big Magic? Okay. Well, she talks about that and I'll link to all of this in the show notes too, but it was just, it was really great because she's basically talking about like, you don't have to kill your creative projects by trying to make money and squeeze money out of all of them in a hurry, you know, like, and it's okay to have a job so that you can cover and pay your bills and buy your food and all of these things and give yourself space to create whatever it is that you're creating. That does feel great and feel exciting. And I think it's interesting in such a picture to imagine like at the beginning it's probably exciting because you're like oh I'm getting dressed I'm going to go hang out and be around <laughs> grown ups for the day you know and then by the end of it you're like no okay yeah, I got the it. contrast I got the message I got what I needed from that experience and I think it's also important to remember it doesn't have to be permanent you know yeah. it's, it's for whatever you need to create to be able to know that you're in that position that you want to be in and yeah that you can build it on your terms and it doesn't have to be totally and that doesn't mean that it's a failure at all.
1: No, it doesn't. And I think one thing that made that transition a little bit easier for me was that I looked for a job in the industry that that my business was in. So mm. if there's any way that people can do that, like I think that's a great way to still get some great information, kind of stay fresh in your industry mm. and take what you need and go on. Because the information that I got there, I mean, I was literally seeing this fitness company that I was with pay tens of thousands of dollars to have an agency do what I was doing for my clients for pennies. Mm. And for me to see like, whoa, 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 whoa you're paying how much? You're paying yeah. ten grand for what? Yeah. And I do this with my people? Oh, no way. And so it opened my eyes to how valuable I was, which kind of gave me that posture by the time I was done with that. I was like, oh no, never again will I do this service for this amount because I know what I bring to the table. So if they can do that, by all means, work it out.
0: Oh yeah, that's a really good point too because it's very easy to, again, you're like hunkered down in your home office, which could be your living room or your kitchen table or wherever you have your strongest Wi-Fi connection, and (laughs) you're sight of like the real world and value and how much people do value. I mean, certain things that I have no desire to build a business around, but I have a friend who knows I have a business and then this friend will text and say, Hey, do you know how to do X, Y, Z. And then it's just something that's so simple that I forgot that I didn't even know how to do it, you know, however many years ago. And it makes such a huge difference to them. And it's like, Oh, right. Again, blinded by the familiar and things that you're actually really good at. Okay. So when you were transitioning back to you're done with the job, good. Thanks for that experience. Got what you needed. Yeah. What was the tipping point? I mean, what were the kinds of things that you were investing in and the things that helped you take your business to the level that you were comfortable saying, I don't need the job. This is it now.
1: Being Able to invest in courses or coaching or whatnot, where it put me in the room with other women who were like on that same journey. I think that in itself was super helpful. But then also getting the personal mentorship because I had been through the phase where I was grinding really hard and I knew all of like you know, the technical aspects of how to do things, but I was still grinding a little bit too hard for what I was making. Mm. And so this has just been, I mean, this was last year I started working with the coach one-on-one with for a year commitment. And that was something that I think, again, transformed my business because there's been many phases where it's like changed from one thing to another. And then it changed from one thing to another. I think more recently within the last almost two years has been, the biggest transformation was working with someone one-on-one who showed me how I can still be hands-on with people, which I really love. I love people. I love working with women, especially in a very intimate way. Mm -hmm. Showing me how to do that, but still leverage my time has been just absolutely priceless. I mean, it really has been.
0: Okay, so when, okay, because right now, how's your business set up right now? And I know it's morphed. Yeah, it has morphed. So
1: I'll take you through some of the phases and tell you where I'm at now. So when I first started, my intent was just to do trainings and courses and, you know, events. And then I got caught into this thing where people would go, oh, this is really great, but can you just manage it for me? Mm -hmm. And I'd say, no, that's not really what I do. And they'd go, well, I have $200. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd go, okay. And this is when I was first starting. So I fell into this place where I was like doing management for like hardly anything. So that was the first phase of, you know, my services. And then I started doing other like, you know, consulting and coaching and stuff, but it was only like an hour or two here and there. There were no packages yet. None of that. It was just like, oh, you want an hour of my time. Cool. Mm -hmm. and so that went on for a while but I never really felt totally fulfilled because there was always more that I wanted to do with these clients and for some reason they think that if they spend an hour with me that it's going to be like this magic pill and it's not so that was that phase there um and then 2015, and actually at the end of 2014, I was like, I still doing management. I said, no more management, no more of that. I said, I just want to do coaching. So I literally cut off all of the clients that I had at that time. People that were paying me good money. Yeah. I called them up and said, hey, I love you, but I'm not doing this anymore. I'll refer you to someone else. And it was a little bit of a scary time because what I thought was going to be me getting some large contract. This is a whole nother story, but I, I had the opportunity to have a contract possibly for three to six months with a really large automotive company. And that would have has essentially paid everything so that I could leave these other clients to the side. Mm. Well, what happened is this company, I only worked with them for a month. And so I literally was in this place in the beginning of 2015 where I had cut off all of my clients. So there was, more, <laughs> there was no more management. Right this company that I was supposed to be having this major, you know, national contract with, I only worked with for a month. And that was my opportunity to say, okay, now you can do what you've been wanting to do for a very long time, which is simply coach and train and teach. Mm. And I relaunched market my vision, which you did a module in. Yes, which that used to be a group coaching program. I launched that as a self study course. And since the beginning of 2015, I have literally only done, you know, my course and working intimately with women for, a, you know, three to six month period, some even longer and doing my events. So that is what it consists of now.
0: I love it. And you know, actually literally yesterday or two days ago, I was going into my like under my free video series in the comments and there was somebody who had found me through market my vision and I was like, Oh, super cool. Yay. Um, okay, cool. So I like hearing about the setup because I think people are curious too about how things can evolve. And again, I'm interested too from the family side cause you mentioned that when Lexi was little, she could just like hang out on the bouncer, but then obviously it's certain <laughs> yeah. like running around or she's interested and needs to be entertained. Like how has, how have you included her in your business? Like as she's grown. And then I also do want to talk about her camp because I think that is pretty fantastic. So, yeah. and she was like little and old enough to, Understand, okay, mommy's working. You know, how did you yeah. involve in that? Because that's the phase I'm in where I'm like, I want Bryson to understand more about what I'm doing so that it's not just like, okay, she's on her right. computer or she's on her phone. But so,
1: you know, she started going to preschool when she was like three. Mm-hmm. So essentially I would have that time during the day to do whatever I needed. So that was a nice little break because I didn't have to worry about entertaining her at that time, you know, essentially to the hours of like really like five o'clock. And I I tried not to get her that late, but at the daycare that she was at, she could stay till six. So if I really needed to finish stuff up, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And then I would try to get her and try to be present, you know, in that moment. But as she got older, I think just bringing her with me And again, she's always been such a well-behaved kid, which has been such a blessing that she liked to see me talk. Like she liked to be a part of it. She liked to be introduced to people. And and so even like I said now, I'll let my husband know and I'll let Alexis know if I'm really busy or if I have a really big, big project. I'll tell them, look, mommy's going to be really like kind of crazy for the next week or two, because I have to get this thing done. And now, you know, they kind of get it. But when she was younger, I would have my laptop open and I had bought her a little laptop so she can (laughs) try to feel like she's working. Yes, yes, we do that too. But what's funny is I was telling somebody the story yesterday. She didn't want to have anything to do with her laptop. She wanted to put a little booty right on top of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's just not the same. Yeah. So you just, you know, I just worked when she was sleeping or when she was doing other things. You just kind of work around it the best way you can. And if they're old enough to understand, try to explain to them, you know, that I know you see me at home, but technically my work is home. So I know I don't go to a job like daddy does. Mm-hmm. So my work is actually here. And, you know, try to get them to understand that certain hours, you know, you need so that you can provide for them or, you know, that. This is how you make sure that they're okay.
0: Right. I love that. Cause I remember Bryson, I mean, this also happened this week. It doesn't actually happen that often anymore. It did happen a lot when he was like little curious climbing in fingers all over the place, but he would be like, no, I want to type on your computer. Right. <laughs> your computer. I'm like, here buddy, you know, you can type, he likes to play with the emojis and stuff and whatever on my phone and just like type notes and he'll just put random letters and be like, is that a word? And <laughs> is that a word? He really likes to type on there. Okay. Well, speaking of having that dedicated time, that's one thing also that I'm just super nosy about for people who are working from home. So whenever she is at school, how do you stay focused and how do you, like, how do you do your day? You know, I think that's something also that's going to be super valuable is just hearing how other people do it, like make it work, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I schedule everything. Well, let me back up. I don't schedule everything. I schedule all of my calls, like, you know, Mm -hmm. our talk today or like all of my client stuff, like my clients or anybody for that matter, they do not just call me randomly and expect to have this like coaching session or conversation. I try to be very mindful that certain hours and certain days are for certain things. Mm -hmm. And so that in itself has completely transformed just the way that I do things because I can look at the entire week essentially and know like, oh, Wednesday's going to be good for me because I'll have a break to do other things or Thursday's going to be busy. And since I know Thursday is going to be busy, let me make sure that my Friday is free. So I am so anal about making sure that I'm not overworking myself, even during that time when she's away, because I've been there, like I've done that. You know, it's not healthy for your relationship to be like on the computer when your man gets home and still be like, you know, so focused on that. And so I had to schedule everything. So that's one way that I kind of put things in. Like certain days I'll do calls with clients, certain days are just for me to do like research and do my own thing. Other days, like if I have to go meet someone, I prefer to like do it all in one day where I can meet one client here and then meet another client on, you know, around the corner or something like that. Mm -hmm. that I'm not just doing everything on all days, you know, throughout the week.
0: Right. Which is a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) totally. So that's one way. And then I also noticed that I have to give myself space, even though I work actually really good under pressure. I like to take my time if it's like certain projects, like for example, with my course, you know, this recent month, I knew that I was going to have to record like a lot of new videos because technology continues to change, but I didn't want to be rushed in doing it. So I literally will give myself like big blocks of time, which I know is opposite from some people where they say, oh, chunk it down. Right. I want to know that I'm not rushed in doing it. So I may give myself from one o'clock to three o'clock to record just four videos. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, it doesn't take that long to record four videos. But for me to still be creative and be high energy, I have to give myself space to do that. And so I'll make days where I'm not doing anything but that.
0: Mm, That's so so important. important because it's so easy, especially when you have a limited amount of time, if you know, like, However, if you're working around someone else's schedule and you're like, okay, I do. I have this TR block. Okay, sweet. Super excited. I'm going to do all the things. And And you end up feeling like poop because you got stuck on one thing and then it didn't work out. And then it's like, and the whole plan goes to pot as opposed to actually giving yourself space. I mean, I just love the idea of space to be able to create it when you have it. Cause yeah, if you're trying to create it under pressure, sure. There's that dopamine and the adrenaline and all that yeah. stuff that kicks in of doing it when it actually absolutely has to be done, but that sucks all the fun out of it. I do that. Yeah, definitely it does. Amazing.
1: It totally does. So you might look at my calendar and be like, why do you have four days set aside for videos? Like it doesn't take that long, but mm-hmm. for me like to feel okay about it, I want to do that. And here's the beauty. Like, I feel like I've done my time. I've been there where I've crammed everything into a day and I feel like I'm, you know, going crazy. And I have not been, I've never been as happy as I am now in the past two years in my business. And it's just amazing. So I feel like I've worked hard. I deserve To give myself that space, my business is still making money. I've structured it in a way where certain days are for certain things. So if I have a space to take three or four days to record videos, then
0: I'm going to take it. Mm, Yeah, that's so good. And I want to also ask about the overworking piece because it's like, It's so valuable when people have gone through the ringer again at our own volition, like we're the ones doing this to ourselves, right? Because we're the bosses here, but we're still doing this because it's like maybe a habit, a pattern, however we've been, or we just feel like we have to work hard for it to work at all. So how did you snap out of that phase or transition out of that phase? And what did you do to switch modes from being in that super hardcore hustle mode and overworking to where it's like, Oh great. You're home. Okay. I'm just going to do one more email. Yeah. You know what? It sounds
1: crazy, but I literally hired a coach for that reason. Okay. I didn't hire my coach because I needed help with marketing. I knew mm-hmm. how to do marketing. I had right. been successful with that. I hired someone, who I knew was going to help me get over a lot of these like blocks that I had, you know, mm-hmm. money blocks, you know, relationship stuff. Like she was someone who helped me with a lot of things. And she actually required me. She told me as one of my assignments, you must take Fridays off. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so wait, I'm like, you want me to take Fridays off and you think that I'm going to make more You're crazy. Like I don't, I can't afford to take Fridays off. And mm-hmm it was through that little assignment to take Fridays off that I realized I did everything that I needed to do Monday through Friday. It was like my little treat to be like, oh, this day is just for me. Mm. And I think that seeing that piece of not only how it made me feel relaxed, it made me feel rejuvenated. I started like doing things that I had had stopped doing. I started reading for the first time. Yes. Right. Like sitting down and reading and just like being and enjoying. Like Mm. I remember the last time I had done that. I was reading, you know, all the books that I have read in the past 10 years have been business books. It was not until you know the beginning of two thousand and fifteen that I actually read like a book that had nothing to do with anything, and it was like a romance book and mm. and that was awesome, so that little piece like then made me say, "Well, you know what? it doesn't have to be just on fridays i If I space my stuff out, then I can do this whenever I want, and guess what? I have the luxury to do that, so why not take it?" Mm. My daughter noticed the difference. My husband noticed the difference. He was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I'm so proud of you. You're going and doing things. You're painting. You're like going to the gym. you are doing all these things. I love to see you do. And you're still making money in your business. And you're being an awesome, you know, mom, like, wow. And so look, when you get a taste of that, like you, how can you stop?
0: <laughs> can and you stop? isn't it, it's so bizarre how it's counterintuitive to think that taking time to step away and to give yourself like fewer hours in theory to work on your business is making all of it so much better. But instead it's so easy. It's like bizarrely alarmingly easy Yeah, into the pattern of just like, no, this is what I do. This is how I have to do it and whatever. And I'm just zooming out. I mean, reading, like you said, big magic actually was this book when I decided I'm putting my phone away and I am not going on to social media or email all weekend from Friday mm-hmm. night. I was just going to do, I think I started Friday night and I was like, I'm going to, you know, not look at it. Maybe if, honestly, it might've even been just while I was sleeping. Like literally to not look at my phone while I was sleeping was a thing. Because right. <laughs> been Deegan's waking up a million times or whatever. And so I would just wake up and check my phone and whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to check my phone until the morning. Okay, now that I haven't checked my phone until the morning, I'm not going to check it till tonight. Okay, I might as well now do... The whole weekend, and I read a book and a half. I can't remember what the second book was that I started reading. But I was like, y'all, what on earth? Being a human, just being a human, a human being, as opposed to a human doing. It's so easy to not do that. So I'm so glad that you said that because all the things, I mean, and I was just talking with my friend Andrea about this as well. And she takes Fridays off for her self care, me first kind of Fridays. Mm Because, again, it's counterintuitive. It's very easy, especially as a mom, to get into that victim mode of, like, well, I can't because I have to do this for everyone else first. And, and everybody rolls their eyes at the whole airplane mask analogy of putting the oxygen on you first, or you can't help, you're literally of no help to anyone. But that's, like, so easy to slip into that pattern. So It's
1: so easy, and I just don't think it, it's not sustainable. Like, I mean, obviously, I did it. There, I, there was a few years that I did it, but you know, you think like, oh, this is all for a purpose and that there is some truth in that. Mm -hmm. Like, what about enjoying what you're doing while you're grinding? Like, I think there's a way to do both, but you just Mm -hmm. have to chunk it down. So, okay, this day I'm going to work really hard, but you know what? On this day, like, I'm going to take some time for me Mm -hmm. and sit and just be and feel good about like what I've done this week. There's nothing
0: wrong with that. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I'm so glad you said that and that they take notice that they take yes. notice and then they then feel inspired yes. to do the same because you're a leader in your family and to mm-hmm. be able to do that. And then it gives them permission to be like, Oh yeah, right. I can actually just do something that lights me up just for the sake of that. And then I come mm-hmm. back to family from a stronger place and then for your daughter to see that too, which brings me back to, I just want you to share a little bit about Nurturing her entrepreneur side because I saw you posting on Facebook this summer about it was a camp or some kind of program, and I just thought that was the coolest thing. So, what are some of the things that you're doing now that she's getting older to like understand and have her own interests and things like to nurture that side of her?
1: I think it stems from a place of like, I didn't grow up with knowing anybody with a successful business, Hmm. and so the fact that. Not until I was 20, I was kind of like forced into doing like my own business in a way because I felt like, man, I want to be able to stay home with my daughter. I want her to know, you know, and I think that she really understands this, that there are many options in life. Like if you want to go get a job, there's nothing wrong with that. But please know, like your mother and father both own their own businesses and you absolutely can do that. Just trying to see what things she's interested in. Like, we have her in dance right now, which, you know, I used to be a dancer and I remember thinking, oh, I could never be a real professional dancer as a living because that's not what you do. You just go get a job. Mm-hmm. If she wants to do that when she gets older, by all means, I'm going to support her. But this summer, One of the organizations, the Los Angeles Urban League, which I have volunteered at several times whenever they do things for the youth, one of the ladies called me. She was like, hey, do you want to put your daughter in Biz Camp? And I'm like, yeah, I didn't even know it was open to kids her age. And the lady says, well, no, it's not. It's really open to, like, you know, high school students. And we have some middle school students. And mind you, my daughter's nine. Right. She's, you know, I know your daughter. And she's very mature, And I think that she can hang. And I'm like, let's do it. Oh, man, that's <laughs> so confusing. Yeah, so when I tell you the stuff that they learned in this camp, I mean, there's some things that I didn't even know. You know, and oh, I didn't wow. like, like, they had these kids doing you know, business plans and projecting their earnings and finding out how much their loss was and what their marketing strategies were going to be. And we took them to like hands-on activities where they would take the kids to downtown LA, give them a loan of $25 and say, look, you've got to bring this $25 back to me, you know, by the time, you know, in a a week from now, but for now use the $25, get some stuff for wholesale for whatever you want to sell on Saturday, mm-hmm. and, like, we had a sale day where all these kids set up their own space. They sold whatever it is that they bought. And they were responsible for giving that loan of $25 back to the urban league. Oh, whether not they made a profit. So they were doing stuff like this. So man, my daughter, like I was so proud of her because the instructor told me, your daughter is holding her own. Like, <laughs> she's <laughs> up there giving her presentations. Like she's not shy. And I couldn't help but smile because I totally believe that her being around me, you know, being around my husband, seeing us talking. Yes. Him, it's totally rubbed off on her. I'm like, yes. Oh my right. gosh, I love <laughs> totally awesome. But if anybody, you know, listens to this, they can look up, the organization is called NFTE. It's the national, I can't even think of what it is now, but it's for entrepreneurs, National Foundation for Teaching Entrepreneurs, something like that.
0: Okay, cool. And we'll put it in show notes too. Yeah. So they can look up NFTE
1: and they may even have them all around, you know, the U S so they partner with different organizations and they have these camps like everywhere. So it's not just in Los Angeles.
0: Mm, That's so good. And I think it's a perfect note to close on, especially beginning like that. She was the inspiration, you know, to start you building your empire in the first place. And now it's seriously like, all right, it's just lighting a spark. And I think it's really important what you said about, you know, not making them feel like you have to be an entrepreneur or it's wrong. Just like we were talking about earlier, if you're an entrepreneur and you need to get a job for a little while, that's cool. You know, it's just the fact of knowing that we have choices and yes. that we don't have to be stuck in any particular situation just because of the stories that we've told ourselves or that other people have told us or the boxes that we may have put ourselves in, but that we have choices and we can do what lights us up. And when we do do what lights us up, everybody benefits. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So good. All right. Well, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would want to just shout out, battle cry, tip trick, hack, whatever it has been that we didn't cover that you would like to share?
1: No, I think we covered, I mean, a lot of great things. I think one thing that I would want to leave people with is for people to just trust themselves and not like question what they're feeling and trust the process too of whatever they're going through, just to know, Like, this is all part of what I'm supposed to be doing to get to that end place. I mean, with all the mistakes and, you know, some of the bad mommy moments and the good mommy moments, it all has turned out fine, you know, and just got to keep going to get to that place where you're like, wow, I went through that for this reason. It's all good. You know, it's Mm -hmm. all good.
0: Exactly. All right, cool. Well, where can we find you and all of this goodness online? And again, we'll put it all in the show notes, but tell us where we can find Of course. Yes, well, they can find me at nataliegoucher.com and I'm at nataliegoucher
1: pretty much on everything, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. I particularly love Facebook and particularly love Instagram. So those are my two hangout spots.
0: Perfectly appropriate for a social media pro. (laughs) As you should. All right, cool. Well, thank you again so much for sharing bits and pieces of this journey. Thank you for doing what you do. I just love, I mean, I'm hashtag Team Goucher. I just love your whole family. I can't wait (laughs) to to meet y'all in real life because I'm just like, uh, are just such a powerful example of like an entrepreneurial family and just making and serving your local community. I just, I love what you're up to. So thank you so
1: much, Nikki. You are equally an inspiration. And I'm so honored to take this time and chat with you.
0: All right. Talk soon. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. So you can join my free did not say free. i mean in priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>